You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be doing Prince, Purple Rain. In the room, I have Rob. Oh, hi, guy. And Hey. On the line, I have Kyle. Howdy. And Jackson. Dearly beloved. <laughs> Purple Rain is the sixth studio album by American recording artist Prince, released on the 25th of June, 1984, by Warner Brothers Records. Uh, the producer was Prince and the Revolution, and the genre is pop, rock, and R&B. I'm going to read from the book, Mark Morris. Although he came close with 1987's Sign of the Times, Squiggle, or the artist originally known as Prince, Roger Nelson never really topped 1984's Purple Rain. At a time when Planet Pop was awaiting the arrival of Tomboy Madonna's second album and Michael Jackson's Thriller, uh, which was still eating up everything in its wake, early reviews dismissed Purple Rain as a soundtrack album lacking obvious hits. Little Red Corvette sniffed Rolling Stone, yet the soundtrack to Prince's seminal autobiographical tale of a short, alienated youth from poor, dysfunctional family travels, takes refuge in his music, proved to be Prince's most complete pop statement. It shifted 14 million units worldwide, spawned five top 10 singles, including two number one hits, and rocketed him from sexed-up star to icon extraordinaire. The key to Purple Rain's success was Prince's genre-defying sound, replacing the sleazy, synthesized funk he had become known for was a rock, pop, and soul hybrid that incorporated screaming guitars over drum machine-driven tracks such as Wind Doves Cry and Computer Blue. The album's title track, Believe It or Not, was Prince's attempt at writing a country rock track a la Bob Seger. Prince knew he would never cross over globally unless he toned down his lyrics. Typically, though, he could not help himself with Darling Nikki. Prince placed himself in the history books once again, becoming almost directly responsible for the arrival of Tipper Gore's parental advisory stickers. All right, what do we think of Prince and the Revolution, Purple Rain? Hell yes. Yeah, this album is nothing short of iconic, right? This is is one of the best records ever written. One of the best records. Yeah. Anybody know when they, you know, fell in love with Prince and or Purple Rain? Uh, Prince, I fell in love with uh, School Bus Ride, Ooh. seventh grade, eighth grade, uh, with a oh seven and we'll watch them fall. That was mine. Yeah. And the way cool. Uh, don't know what re- album that's on, but that song was always like, <gasps> oh yeah. 
That's on oh the, shit, I'm going to school. That's on the love symbol because I love that song too. And we were, I was garage sale shopping with my mom and it was like somebody was selling it. And I was like, I want to get this. I love this song. And my mom was like, this is too sexual for you to buy this. <laughs> and way so too horny for you, Anne. I snuck out and bought it later. Nice. <laughs> I didn't yes. hear this record. Uh, I don't think I, mm, I don't think it was until I, I don't think I heard the entire record until after I saw the movie. And I didn't see the movie until I moved to Bloomington. Like, I think wow. Amy Koretsky was like playing this. And I was like, what is this? The movie was always on VH1. Yeah. But I never watched it all the way through until like three years ago or something. But I love the album. It's not the greatest movie. Yeah, I had seen snippets of the movie and I was like, do I need to see the movie? I just like, of course you do need to see the movie. I like to think of how how small that motorcycle is that he's riding around. (laughs) (laughs) It's so small. (sighs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, uh, Prince... uh, the Batman soundtrack. Come on, guys. I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. I, didn't, I didn't own the soundtrack soundtrack. I had the Danny Elfman, uh, like, single or whatever. Yeah. But the Joker dance is, is pretty great. Also, it was pretty amazing to do research this, this uh, week. I mean, it's always amazing to read stories about Prince, but I guess the first song he ever learned on guitar was the Batman song. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that is awesome. Vicky Vale. Vicky for you. Vicky Vale. Yeah, he was like, there are no accidents. <laughs> I'm just going to say like, you know, I was definitely aware of Prince as a, as a presence. Like he was, I knew he was out there just growing up watching MTV. But as far as, getting into listening to him besides just kind of, well, definitely when doves cry. I remember seeing that video for sure at some point, but I also loved seven. That was like, that was like the hit for me on like the school bus Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still love it. (laughs) Yeah. I, I remember just, you know, I liked this album and uh, like everybody else, Prince just kind of, like Michael Jackson is just like was around, right? Madonna, like all those iconic 80s stars were around. But I didn't really, I didn't think like deeply, deeply into something like Purple Rain until I started going to parties and I started going to the second and park parties. Mm -hmm. And that album got played at the end of the night after the other bands had played down in the sweaty basement, all the punk bands are playing in the basement you have three and of course you put on the party albums after you know to hang out and people crying in singing purple rain at the end (laughs) of the night is like the most beautiful thing you'll ever witness because everyone's just like loving prince in this entire album i think this just got played front to back yeah for sure and it's a great album to put on for anything. You can't take any songs out. Yeah. I mean, you can play this when you get married, when you die, <laughs> our mitzvahs. Literally anything. Burns. Literally anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got the uh, beautiful ones in our cans right now. And uh, Bobby Z uh, of uh, the revolution said that this is what happens when you give Prince 24 hours by himself. <laughs> I, I heard that um, in an interview with the director, he was like, I need another song. For this montage, we're cutting one scene, but we're going to need, you know, another song to do. 
And Prince is like, okay. Okay, I'll, all right, I'll okay. be back. <laughs> and then the next day he came back and he's like, I got two songs. Here's song A and here's song B. And the director is like, okay, I like song B. It's a little slower tempo. And that was When Doves Cry. Yep. Like, oh my God. a day. <laughs> it's wild that this album is a soundtrack, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it's you wild. You wouldn't even think about it. Like, I didn't really think about it ever. That's why I never, like, watched the movie fully. Because it was just like... Yeah. It doesn't need a movie. <laughs> no, it, it it was blowing my mind last night because I think I realized it for the first time that, no, this is officially, I, I always knew there were tandem, right? I always thought, okay, well, this is the music and this is the, this is the movie, but I, yeah, the actual soundtrack to the movie is this. Amazing. We also got to think about, I mean, how much writing Prince was doing in 1984. I mean, he wrote like everybody's hit songs. Yep. Yep. No? Yep. Uh, prolific. prolific. And he spent downtime trying to steal people's wives and girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how hard could have that been, though? And playing <laughs> right. basketball and making pancakes. <laughs> so uh, the director also said that he had a hundred songs that he presented him with to choose from to make the soundtrack for the movie to make this this album. And the director yeah. just went through a hundred songs, not even counting. When Doves uh, Cry and Purple Rain weren't even a part of that 100 songs. I just can't imagine. That's what everybody wonders right now is what is all in his vaults. In the vaults. in the vault? Oh yeah. right. Get Geraldo and Rivera over there. <laughs> no, then nothing will be in there, right? <laughs> That's a deep cut. Yes. <laughs> just, just from the beginning, Let's Go Crazy. Uh, that is an iconic like party jam forever and ever and ever uh i hadn't listened to it with cans oh, yeah. probably for a long time the bass tone on that is fucking disgustingly Great. good take me with you the counter melodies that the string section's doing oh, yeah. never noticed that shit before beautiful um apollonia doing the uh the harmony vocals holy shit yeah, and uh, now uh, we're going to talk about the beautiful ones. But yeah, here we go. Computer Blue, which I think might be my favorite song on the record. Interesting. Oh, Computer Slaps, yeah. So good. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing is so fully arranged. And, you know, that's like, like you said, that's what you get. That's what you get when you put Prince alone in a room, I guess. Rob he did all this shit by himself. It's also the revolution. I mean, I, I think a big part of this album is... It's the first time that they actually got writing credits. Yeah, and he took a lot of the... A lot of um, what they were saying under consideration, and I, I think it brought him. I don't know if he would have been so, so widely accepted if they had not sort of fused their elements with his ideas. I mean, oh, yeah. obviously he he you know he gets there with the pop music, but this is also a rock audience, I think, and so I think that that really helped, especially for me to get into Prince. It was always a little standoffish. And then like this rock element really helps me to, to bring me into his music. Definitely. I was always confused by Computer Blues, uh like middle section, like starting around uh, 216. Um, it felt like it went Seely Dan or like, you know, uh, Don Fagan or whatever. And I looking into it. It's actually like this is a track that Prince's dad, who was a jazz musician, like wrote and was like, hey, you know, use use my stuff if you want. And so, like, Prince just slaps it, like, right in the middle of Computer Blue. And, like, it's like, that. this is a composition, like, a rearranged composition his dad wrote. That's awesome. Which is fucking cool. 
That's amazing. It yeah. makes way more sense. I thought that was uh, possibly like Wendy and Lisa's inspiration because they introduced him to a lot of different classical uh, music at this time. Mm-hmm. And we're sort of in, in that collaboration They were They were like, this is what, you know, our inspiration is. And I, I had forgotten they're the two West coasters from, you know, their parents were in the sixties wrecking crew. So yeah. <laughs> players no way. to the bone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wendy and Lisa, um, both of their dads were uh, top LA session cats what? in the sixties. Yeah. Played with, you know, everyone from Sinatra, Beach Boys, all the Wrecking Crew that we covered earlier. That's amazing. Yeah. So, Rob, you brought up uh, Apollonia, who Prince was trying to steal away from Apollonia's boyfriend. Do you know who Apollonia's boyfriend was at this time? Mm, No. David Lee Roth. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Shut up. Yeah, the (laughs) seven She was in the movie, and Prince is like, you know, I think it'd be better if you dumped him and you dated me so that, you know, like the movie would be more successful. <laughs> Did it work? No. Oh, man. I feel like I would have been convinced by that. Oh, <laughs> Played in the movie by Morris Day in the time. <laughs> right. Oh, Jerome. Uh, yeah, I think that I had, like, I always knew there was a movie, but I mean, I you know, I've... I saw it a long time ago, but the album is just like so incredible. It's like, I'm sure the movie's cool too, but like, I'm not that worried about it because this album is just so, such like a masterpiece. Don't need any visuals. It's all in the music already. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't <laughs> hurt. It, it's honestly, as far as like an 80s artifact is concerned, like it's, it's fucking cool. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Fun. I think it's and great. the live performances are great. I do sure. think that. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Those live performances really, I mean, that's, yeah, it, like you could just have those. Yeah, even with Morris Day, like in the I, I posted that YouTube clip of uh, of like the uh, the fifteen minute like Purple Rain rendition. But there's also a uh, I think there's a clip of the entirety of that show uh, that also oh, exists. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's crazy. Like and yeah, they they went back in the studio. Like the last three tracks on this are all live, and uh, they went back in the studio and punched them up. Um, but. Still, like, if you just watch the raw live stuff, it's it's fucking incredible. Yeah, it did pretty well. I mean, it had a big opening weekend, got 77 million, replacing Ghostbusters as the top film in the U.S. Wow. <laughs> BFD. That was a very big deal. Costing costing uh, seven million to make, eventually pulled in 68 million. Hot damn, wow. that's that's a absolute that's success. A success. Yeah, yeah. Man, I think that, the movie's great. I mean. Did you guys look up what the uh, back masking was here on uh, Darling Nikki? It goes, hello, how are you? I'm fine, because I know that the Lord is coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Damn. (laughs) Nice. Which, the the one that Tipper Gore, like, this is Tipper Gore's, like, you know, yeah. yeah, this is filth. And, and then, then the I'm very supposed to have sexual pleasure, Rob. It's not in the Bible. <laughs> the very end of it is like a uh, like a celebration of the end of the world because God's coming, which apparently is also what Purple Rain's about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I brought up the Parents Music Resource Center, center when we were talking about a uh, hot for teacher. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Charlie Nikki was number one on their quote unquote 
Filthy 15 list in 1985. Ooh, I want that playlist. Is that on Spotify? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Shebop's on there. No, it's, nice. it, it fucking yeah. slaps. Uh, yeah, there's great tunes I mean, on the there. song is gnarly. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's yeah. in the best way. Prince's like sound Uh, and it's specific to his use of synthesizers for horn hits as opposed to horns. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that is also all over this record. Mm -hmm. It's it's important uh, to note Dr. Fink's work. Yep. On this this terrific album. I looked up what his setup was. Uh, You know, the Oberheims, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah, they are. Uh, He had himself at very popular at this time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he had himself a DX7, a Yamaha CP70, which was like a tiny little, uh, baby P- electric piano and then a memory Moog. That was, uh, that's what made this sweet, sweet synth action. It sounds great. Yeah. Doves cry guys. God, every single song. So every single I song. Think, uh, when doves cry doesn't have a bass guitar on it. No bass never- guitar. Yeah. That's wild. wild. Yep. Unnecessary. Would have made it sound uh, too... uh, They had, yeah. Residential or whatever. Yeah, they had a... a Pedestrian, thank you. (laughs) 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 They had an earlier mix with the bass, and um, they removed it because it's... um, Yeah, it had a little... It it just didn't have the right feel. What what they got to was perfect. Yeah. (laughs) Totally perfect. This I think this is one of the yeah. It it, it it not having a bass gives it this other otherworldly like feel to it or something like. There's just no other. There's there's no song like this. I think it's one of the best songs of the fucking decade. Yeah, yeah. One of the critics I read when they were talking about that song and not having a bass guitar, they said uh, not having the bass guitar created a a tension and sense of something missing that fits with the lyrical theme. Absolutely, I totally agree. And he wrote this for a damn movie, like in a day. <laughs> it's, it's such an intense and personal and incredible song. He just kind of twenty three skidooed it, you know. Like. <laughs> oh, this old thing. <laughs> I mean, a true genius, right? For sure. Yeah, and that's what sort of sets him apart. There's normal genius, and then there's true genius. Right. Yeah. There's. I mean. There's. Mozart level of I could write this in my sleep right. and uh, obviously Prince and I do it all the time was one of those people I mean a hundred yeah. songs just for the I mean this album just for his <laughs> debut acting role yeah I thought it was incredible that he I mean they made that movie he is a I mean he's had a little bit of a hit with 1999 no denying that, but it is not like he is a huge star at this point, right? Like, well, did Hollywood come knocking, or was this like a local Minneapolis thing? Like, do a thing. That that that's where 
I didn't look it up that much, but like the fact that like Morris Day's like there and like everything's just shot in Minneapolis, it almost seemed like it, it would have been like a local crew that was doing it. They, I no, mean, seven million no, as a budget, you'd have to have some. No, it's a, it's a. Um, that that's that's slim for. Yeah, but in nineteen eighty four. Yeah, they got real. I mean, it's real Hollywood. Um, it's a it's a Warner Brothers picture, right? Yeah, the yeah. Warner Brothers well, picture. It's it a major. Up, but he was on Warner Brothers, the label already. Right, right. True. And they wanted to. I mean, he was pushing for it to to have some sort of outlet for this, right? It's like everything needs to be bigger and mm-hmm. better than the than the previous thing. So he was pushing for this, and I think everything just sort of fell into the right place because the director. They wrote the script, you know, before even meeting Prince or at least, a, you know, the treatment of of what it should be like about his life. And when he got there and they he, they told him the story, he thought he, he got freaked out because he's like, who have you been talking to? Like, this wow. is my life story that you're telling me in this movie. And, and of course, you know, they sort of changed some things, but it is a deeply like personal story that he had no idea that other people had were, were thinking of him in, in that way. Wait, oh. So they didn't talk to him about his life story at all. No. When they wrote the well, treatment. The original screenplay was changed like drastically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like but the they Prince, like, rewrote the screenplay mostly. Okay. So yeah. it's, it's a little bit of both maybe. Yeah. But when they, when they met him, I mean, they, the thing about like his father, about him like struggling to, you know, in finding solace in like his own music, that was something that they had written prior to like mm-hmm. Prince telling them like, this is what, you know, my life has been and this is what I want to be on the, the mm-hmm. screen. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a common story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's not too crazy, but that's still cool though. Yeah. Wow. Uh, that song, Baby and my Star. Um, Tim Burton wanted to use that song specifically in the Batman movie. Uh-huh. Um, but that's why Prince wrote a Trust. Mm. Mm. Like Baby and the Star. Did, did he, he was just like, trust, I got this. <laughs> like, I'll write you a new song. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write it while I'm driving over here. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Baby I'm a Star, according to Bobby Z, uh, this song would go on for, uh, would go 35 to 30 minute renditions um, uh, at the end of the Purple Rain tour, just before a 30 minute rendition of Purple Rain, um, with Sheila E. and her whole band out on stage. And the stop and goes would have been, uh, would have made James Brown's band sleepy. Stopping on the one, Give him 10, give him 25, horde punches. I still can't sleep at night sometimes playing Simon Says with that song. But it was an epic for the audience for sure. 35 Amazing. minutes of like fucking like, ha! Ba, ba, da, 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 That's just, that's un, un, unreasonably cool. That band must have been so fucking tight. The yeah. mind buckles. Uh, he said that on that tour, he got a little bored, though, because they were consistently playing the album more, like, straight through. Who, Bobby C. or Prince? Prince. Oh. Because normally they would interject, you know, a lot of their songs, but they were promoting the movie, doing the tour. With Sheila E. Yeah. That would have been a fun show. Yeah. 
I bet awesome. nineteen eighty dollars would have cost approximately seven dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> I had no idea. Hello. Oh, sorry. Hello. Crack that bad boy. Oh, what's going on over here? Just just cracking some cold one with the boys. Mm. I had no idea Purple Rain was originally uh, going to possibly be a a uh, a collaboration with Stevie Nicks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She was like too intimidated. The, to like co- the, the country version. Yeah. What'd you say, Kyle? She said that she was too intimidated to like write lyrics for it. Yep. <laughs> she listened to the song. She said, listen to it. I just got scared. I called him back and said, I can't do it. I wish I could. It's too much for me. That's cocaine paranoia. <laughs> yeah. Too many things. Too many things. Yeah. When there's blood in the sky, red and blue equals purple. That's right. That's why we get that. Sweet, sweet purple rain. We're all dancing around in it because God's come back. I always forget how religious Prince was. Very religious. Yeah. Very yeah. religious. So, uh, I told you guys about this book, um, Prince the Beautiful Ones. Yeah, man. I thought this came out like years ago, but it was actually less than two years ago because the goddamn pandemic has gone on forever. Um, but this is a really cool book. It's got like a lot of pictures um, of his of original lyric sheets and like his commentary on them. And, um, it's got, he started writing like a memoir before he passed away. Oh, wow. I love that in here. But when I, when I read it a couple years ago, I was like, I thought he was kind of retconning it. Cause he was like, Oh, this is about Jesus. You know, the elevator, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's God and the devil. But then going back and like looking at this album and yeah, it was there all the time. Yeah. Cause he didn't become a Jehovah's witness until the late nineties. But yeah, I mean, he definitely struggled with that. I mean, he, he like, at least once or maybe even twice, like renounced his whole fucking catalog at, at mm-hmm. a couple of different times, I think. And then got back in the game and then was, you know, back doing whatever he was doing for the church. An excerpt from this book, he was, he was saying, uh, my original draft of let's go crazy was much different from the version that wound up being released. As I wrote it, let's go crazy was about God and the de-elevation of sin. But the problem was that religion as a subject is taboo in pop music. People think that the records they release have to be hip. What I wanted to do was tell the truth. Wow. Like when I read that, I was like, because that's, that's from an interview from like 97. So I was like, oh, he's retconning. But like I said, going back and kind of taking a deep dive with these lyrics and his interviews at the time. And yeah, it was always there. Always on his mind, I think. Don't, like, don't that, bring it down, bud. Like hyper-biblical. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's not a combination you see that often. Yeah. Right. Outside of cults. <laughs> right. And to it's, be fair... It's if, in Song of Songs, guys. I would, I would have... Uh, <laughs> Just say it. If, if he had started a cult, I would be up at Paisley Park. And <laughs> you, would, <laughs> you would have him purify you in the lake of... In Lake Minnetonka. I sure would. <laughs> would have purify me in the Lake Minnetonka. Then we would play a festive game of horse and he'd make me pancakes. Because I don't, I don't play one-on-one. I'll play horse. Prince is extremely awkward as an actor in Purple Rain. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's kind of why, like, I never watched the whole movie because I was just like, well, this seems <laughs> less than the album. But, like... I don't know. He's trying his best. I, that's okay. But I, I, yeah. I think that I'm bad at acting. <laughs> album sales drove people to the theaters, right? It was it was the singles that that got them that got the butts in the seat, not vice versa. Absolutely. And all I'm gonna say is, it's better than Captain EO. Oh, 
One hundred percent. Yes. So how do you mean? How do you mean? Step back. <laughs> Hold up, Michael Ky- Jackson, Prince. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's about to come at you. I think I think Prince is a better actor when it comes to what's that, Kyle? Prince never acted opposite a space elephant. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's fair. There is range in that. <laughs> we could talk about Captain Neo a little bit later, buddy. Bad still all- coming up. I mean, wasn't. I mean, Morris Day is kind of like a space elephant. <laughs> that scene where he like descends the stairs, like snidely whiplash, like like this. Yeah, it's awesome. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> Remember, we all saw Morris Day in the time. Yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> we saw Morris Day open for Guar. It was awesome. Uh, obviously, they won the nineteen. He or Prince and Revolution won nineteen eighty. Four Grammy Award for Purple Rain for Best Rock Vocal Performance by a Duo or Group with a Vocal. Uh, One Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Medium. An album was nominated for Album of the Year. Prince won a third Grammy that year for Best R&B Song for Chaka Khan's cover of I Feel For You. Purple Rain also won an Oscar for Best Original uh, Song Score. 1985. So he he just swept all of the songs and movies and uh, yeah he Grammys. He but his rival Michael Jackson walked away with most of the trophies. He was he was nominated. Prince was nominated for best uh, pop vocal and best R and B vocal, but lost both to Michael Jackson. Hard to beat Thriller. Yeah, this is a better record than Thriller. This is a better record than Thriller, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, it appeals to me. On a whole different level. I love Thriller, but... Mm-hmm. Who was the guitarist? Uh, was it Wendy playing guitar on this? Yeah. Yeah, she came up with the opening chords. Yep. And that's how Prince was like, oh, man. All right. Okay, like, so so this wait. isn't a country song. Cool. Yeah. And then came up with his own lyrics. Beautiful. Back to the movie, just real briefly. I mean, I give the movie a little bit more of a pass because I I've always seen it as a promo, as, as a promotional tool to sell the album. I mean, maybe the intention was the other way around, but like the album is the album is the masterpiece. The movie is more of just like some fun to, to like to come along with it. I think I think the real prize is Prince, right? I think the the movie does a good job of conveying, you know, even fictitiously a story about his life with intercut with his performance, what you would see at a print show. Right. And that just, that just elevates, but yeah, you're right. I mean, the music is what it's all about. It's a music movie. Um, it's all about those performances and they just needed, you know, extra material because it's a movie and, and they didn't want it just to be a music video. It's a completely different uh, idea. 
But yeah, I, I feel like it it's a very good supporting device and it just reinforces the genius of, of Prince. Totally. I have seen country artists perform this song. Ooh. Makes sense. 24 weeks at number one on the Billboard's charts. That's a long time to be number one. There's a lot of good stuff coming out in 1984. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, Doesn't that take you all the way up through uh, Homecoming to Prom? So there's, I don't know. Does it, Rob? This is. This, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, oh, my bad for the slow dance shit at the these two pivotal uh, dances. You fucking dinguses. Oh. Jesus. Oh, I see. I thought you meant. Well, that's as many weeks as bears as are no, between I'm homecoming and prom. No, I'm not a fucking giant weirdo. You monsters. Just trying to understand what you meant. It was a perfectly reasonable thing that I felt I had, didn't have to explain. But here we go. Yes, I like I mean, homecoming dances and going to homecoming football games. No, I don't. We are still slow dancing to this song. So, yes, <laughs> I, I understand your point. Did you know this is the last song that uh, we're listening to? The Purple Rain, by the way. The last song that uh, Prince ever played live. It was the last song of his uh, show in like Atlanta in uh, 2016. Do you think Damn. that he ever ended any of his shows without Purple Rain? I don't oh, know. I'm sure. This kind of seems like. I got to see him. Yeah, no, me neither, man. Fucking it w- opiates. It would it would be hard to pick another song. That would be such a perfect closer. Yeah. I mean, this is a perfect closer. Yeah. It makes Several, you feel yeah. all of the feelings. It'd yeah. be hard to leave the concert if you hadn't heard it at some point as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, of course. And again, back in back in eighty four, this was a thirty minute rendition. <laughs> so who the fuck knows what it was by the <laughs> Did you guys read about how he uh, approached the keyboardist of Journey? And he was like, oh, I hope this song doesn't sound too much like Faithfully. Oh. And the keyboardist is like, we're not going to sue you. You're fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Weird. Huh. Yeah, that's that's really weird. Yeah. That's really wild. That's so strange. Uh, the original configuration for the track listing, though, was Let's Go Crazy, A Beautiful Ones, Computer Blue, Darling Nikki, Wednesday, uh, which is not on the final. Side two track one was Purple Rain. Mm-mm. Then I Would Die For Whoa. You, Baby I'm a Star, and Father Song. Wow, that just changed my life. Yeah. So I can't even imagine putting Purple Rain anywhere else except the closer. I mean, no. it's, it's the closer of the movie, too. Like, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's a closer. <laughs> it's a closer, literally. We've all seen the Super Bowl performance of this, right? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. His oh, Super Bowl yeah. performance. Greatest Super Bowl performance of I, all time. I think it yeah. is. Yeah, I watch. I actually watched you that one. It? I rewatched it, and I rewatched what is considered the greatest performance by Michael Jackson, some other artists. But I, I mean, Prince doing this in the rain. In the rain is unearthly. Oh, I'm giving me chills. Going behind I, I that it. little curtain where it's a silhouette, and his guitar just looks like a giant wing. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. Oh, that's when he's playing. Uh, what's that fucking song? Baby, I'm a star. He plays part of Baby, I'm a star at that show. What'd you say? A marching band came out for that thing? For Baby, I'm a star? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> then he did the splits. Um, does anybody know the most, the highest selling soundtracks? Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I know what number one is. Yeah. This is for Crystal. Oh, it's I, the Bodyguard. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My sister had that. Bodyguard. 
Is that in the book? With no, it is no. not. Are you serious? There's no Whitney Houston. Oh in my gosh, she's book. gonna break her toe again. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Eight, Eighteen million U.S. Forty-five million worldwide for the bodyguard. Wow. Second one, anybody? Uh, Big Chill. <laughs> That's a great soundtrack. Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, it's a uh, Saturday Night Fever. Well, yeah. With sixteen million. 40 million worldwide. Three is Purple Rain with 13 million, 25 million worldwide. Now, how can we get Purple Rain to at least surpass Saturday Night Fever? Please, let's do this. Three million. Three million is what we got to do to I get mean, that. Are, are these stats, what stats still are you looking at? Are they before uh, Prince died? Yeah, yes, they're up to date. So post... But I have no idea if they ha- account for digital or any of that yeah. business. In, in a post-Prince world... I can't Still imagine. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense. I can't I imagine people, people, people are people don't buy physical consi- media anymore. Yeah, but I can't imagine people are consistently buying Saturday Night Fever. And well, people, but, they, will, but, but they my mom bought a lot of them. <laughs> Your mom. <bought> it. <laughs> she has a bathroom full of them. Only disco record in the beach house. Mm. <laughs> it's number. Uh, this is considered number two in Rolling Stone top top uh, movie soundtracks. Do you want to guess what number one is? The Beatles. Yes, it is. Uh, Fucking help. 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 Uh, I guess. in 2015, I think, uh, said Purple Rain is the best song of the 80s. Ooh. Mm. Good proposition there. I can't fight anyone who says that. No, but you you couldn't fight the best song. That's not a. That, 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 that's a that's a weird thing for a 10 year like uh, run like yeah. of of all genres in the history of mankind like I, I, I would I would pick I would pick a couple other songs off this record for best song mm. of the 80s before I'd pick purple rain whoa which ones I'd probably go let's go crazy that's more fun but really the best thought, song of the 1980s was uh Twilight Zone by the Golden earring. That's that's an interesting. Yeah, uh, wasn't it Pac-Man Fever? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Wasn't that the Bat Dance? That was still the eighties. Yeah, Bat, da- uh, Bat Dance was the eighties. Yeah, I'd probably go Stan Bush then. Um, from the Transformers soundtrack. Would you go with Dare Kyle or would you go with uh, the other one? The Touch. Yes. The Touch. Prince was one of the last holdouts to like his material being on YouTube. Yeah, wasn't it after he died? After he died, yeah, his estate, <laughs> his, his estate said the internet wasn't a fad. Yeah, but that's wild. I mean, yeah, him and like maybe the Beatles were like the last holdouts for digital stuff. Yeah, and they've they've caved too, but yeah, that is totally wild. I mean, I like there was, was a, right. a long time where they would scrub any Prince, you know, music yeah. video off of YouTube. For sure. Oh yeah, they're good at that. I, I, I had to buy like the Batman Blu-ray to get a uh, the Prince stuff music videos back in the day. I have to wonder too, you guys, if Birch the the soundtrack stats that you yeah just gave, I, if they would be different if Prince's catalog had been online for the last twenty fucking years. Yeah, mm. good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to go around the room, right? We're on the positive on this one. Get out of here if you're not. I could recommend it any higher. Yeah. Yeah. 
simply one of the best records ever put to wax. Yeah. Full stop. Done. Do you think any listeners haven't got on board with this record? I don't I would be interested. If yeah. anybody's listening to this podcast and is not on board with Purple Rain, I would love to hear Yeah, uh, I want I want that the, rebuttal. The, the, yeah, I would mm-hmm. love to hear a critique. Because I just can't I can't think of anything. Um that comes right, to Scott mind. Scout gave it an A minus. <laughs> yeah. But that's pretty high. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's still an A. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I can't envision what that would really look like. I think he gave but. Let It Be an A plus. So I guess we'll get to that. Yeah. I he he it, likes that album. The only <laughs> the only thing I could think of is if someone is so into just completely opposed to pop music it, or rock and roll in general. Like they're like I listen to no I only listen to classical or yeah, something yeah, like you, that. You, like you, that's and I don't think any of those people would be listening no, to this. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. No. Or or reading this book. Or yeah, following along. <laughs> it's not for you. Louder loudersound.com uh Billy DeMain had a wonderful write-up about uh the history of Purple Rain. Should I read it or do we have any sure, more man. facts? Okay. It's August 3rd, 1984, and history is about to be made. In the shape of Prince's career-defining sixth album, Purple Rain, inside the First Avenue Club in Minneapolis, a sweaty congregation of 1,500-plus believers is staring across the low stage at an 18-year-old guitarist, Wendy Melvin, who's making her debut with hometown heroes Prince and the Revolution. Dressed in a sleeveless V-neck top, her curly hair tumbles over one eye. She strums a circular progression of gospel-like chords on her purple Rickenbacker guitar. It's the final number in the 10-song set of new and wildly eclectic material. The other musicians fall in lightly behind her. The hypnotic groove swells for nearly five minutes, while the leader of the band, lurking in the shadows, wretches some sustained, fuzzed-out cries from his Telecaster. Finally, he flips the guitar behind his back, gunslinger style, and steps to the microphone. Purple lame jacket, ruffle collar, little Richard hairdo, his magnificent five-foot-two soul preacher closes his eyes and sings, I never meant to cause you any sorrow. There are no cheers of recognition. This is the debut performance of Purple Rain, the title song of the album and the movie that will propel propel Prince Rogers Nelson into pop culture stratosphere. Yeah. It's beautiful. RIP. That's the amazing. That's the same. That video that I posted on our our chat is is the video from that. It's it's yeah. You can find the actual brilliant. Look it up. It'll make you cry. Give you all the goosebumps. Watch it with headphones Mm -hmm. or on a TV with loudspeakers. Don't watch it on your phone. (laughs) Fucking savages. (laughs) So what's next? Love you, Prince. Yeah. yeah. Love well, you well, well, we get to talk about more about Prince, guys. We, we got yep. one more record coming up. Sign, sign of the time. Yep. Love that. All right, next time we'll be talking about the replacements. Let it be. Woo. Thanks, y'all.